Would you like to receive ongoing support to stay unstuck and just keep watching your amazing life unfold? For $4.99 a month, you can become a High Vibe Tribe member and get $50 off every 60-minute phone coaching session, so you pay $97 instead of $147. Get new content delivered to your email or Instagram subscriber-only broadcast channel, so you never miss a thing. You get a weekly chance to win a free 60-minute phone coaching session. I give this away every Friday. You will also receive three journal prompts each Sunday. And if you choose to join by Instagram, you get access to our Sunday social text channel where we can text each other and talk about these journal prompts. To join us, go to AngieJohnsey.com. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Vibe Doctor podcast. Today, I want to talk about the spectrum of behaviors where we fall in relationships. We talk a lot about extremes, meaning we talk about that empath side of things on one end end of the scale, and then we talk about the narcissist behaviors on the other end of the scale. Other end of the scale, sorry. The empaths are the super givers but they're giving out of fear out of a dysfunction out of a misunderstanding that they have about themselves and being unlovable and having to earn everything and then you have on the other extreme of the scale is the narcissist who has very deep fears and insecurities that are so terrifying to them that they have built this incredible uh, defense mechanism where it's complete denial that it's there and nothing is wrong with them. They don't need any help. This is super, super tight defense mechanism so that they don't even have to admit or look at this fear or pain. And if it doesn't exist, they don't have to deal with it. And they have all these really toxic um behaviors and coping skills that help them maintain that defense mechanism. That is my understanding of it. That is what I have come to from my own experience, my own processing with it, my own understanding of it. There are psychologists and doctors, Dr. Ramani, R-A-M-A-N-I. You can follow her on Instagram. I know that's where I follow her, but she, she, This is what she talks about all the time if you're interested in that. But today I want to talk about the the seesaw. And I've talked about this before. And the this seesaw of existence in relationship, in human relationship. And some of us sit on the one extreme of the empath and some of us sit on the other extreme of narcissist. But there's a lot of there's a lot of places on this seesaw you can sit, not just on the very end. So there's there's behaviors that we can have that seem quite toxic and narcissistic. However, we're not all the way on that extreme where we're in complete denial that we have anything that needs to be worked on. Same with empath behavior. We can have empathic behaviors or behaviors we kind of uh, put under the label of how an empath behaves, that people-pleasing, that um, over-trying, you know, seeking approval. We can all have those behaviors without being on that far extreme. So there's a lot of places there in the middle 
okay? That doesn't make you necessarily labeled as a, you know, severe empath or a severe narcissist, okay? And I want to say this. I'm not in the business of monster making. I don't want either one of these, even though the behaviors can be, especially on the narcissist side, can be so damaging and so hurtful to another person's psyche, to their mental health. They really can. However, this is coming from a severely wounded individual. And I don't want to make anyone evil or monsters or anything like that. It's just they are acting out. The behavior matches the pain. And they are acting out that. What I do want to do when we talk about that narcissistic behavior, that toxic, extreme toxic behavior, is educate. To say this is what to look for and this is how to not get sucked in to that and not be hurt by that when you come across it. So it, when you're listening to Dr. Romani or any other person who's talking about the, the narcissistic person, please, please keep in mind that this is to protect yourself, not to make demons out of others, not to make monsters and, and hate other people and their behavior. I don't want this to facilitate hate within you or resentment or bitterness or I don't want a negative to happen here. I want it to be in a way that you see it as, okay, now I'm empowered to, to know what these behaviors look like and to not get sucked into them and be hurt by them. Okay, so please keep that in mind. Anytime you're listening to anyone talk about this isn't forming a hate group, which a lot of people who have been hurt by narcissists or who know a narcissist in their life, they turn kind of toward... <laughs> It starts getting really hate-focused, and I don't want that to happen. We should always come from a place of non-judgment, unconditional love, but at empowering ourselves and arming ourselves with the knowledge that this this is happening, and this happens a lot. And sometimes it's happening, and it's so what they call a covert narcissistic behavior. It's just so so sly and so smooth that you don't realize that's what's happening until you are sucked in. So use that information to educate and empower yourself so that you can stay safe, so that you can keep your mental and emotional health safe, okay? Just use it for that. These people have a virus, if you want to look at it like that. They have an intense sickness, and it, it impacts the mental and emotional well-being of themselves and of others and if you get too close to it you can get infected <laughs> you can also be on the extreme of empath and pick up those narcissistic behaviors and, and coping skills so you have to you have to watch your own behavior I want everyone to be responsible for their own behavior notice how you're behaving and if that behavior you know, you know it goes against your moral compass. It does not make you feel good when you do it. You know it's manipulative. You know it's a lie. You know it's dishonest. You know that it's gaslighting. You know it's just trying to make the other person look crazy so that you don't have to own up to something. You know that. If you know that, I want you to, to stop and look inside 
and see what pain is stored in there that this behavior is stemming from. All behavior comes from, or all negative behavior comes from stored emotional pain. You have a stored pain or a stored belief, something you believed or misunderstood about relationships that is causing you to act out that behavior. And you can't help it. If that stored pain is there, it's such a gravitational pull. You may know better. You may have read and educated yourself and know that, that that's not how we're supposed to be toward each other. But then you get in those instances and it triggers that old stored pain. You have a reaction, an overreaction. Now, there's reactions and there's overreactions. Sometimes a reaction, even if it's an anger reaction, is appropriate for the moment. So, you know, that's another topic for another day. A lot of times we judge ourselves for not acting all calm. And sometimes anger can be appropriate for the situation to set a boundary. And I don't mean like hurtful anger. I just mean a, a raised tone of voice maybe or a stronger, maybe not raised, not yelling, but just a stronger tone of voice to say, that's a strong no. Okay, so that's not, that's not, you know, a lot of times we judge ourselves and say, oh, I got upset. Well, ask yourself, did I do that in an uncontrolled way or was I just setting a strong boundary? There is a difference. So anyway, we, we're very hard on ourselves sometimes when we're just setting a strong boundary. But you'll know the difference. Did I overreact, meaning I got off into anger, or did I react appropriately to someone trying to cross a boundary? And did I use a, a firmer tone of voice to let them know that I'm serious here, this is not okay, and to back off? Like, that is, a, that is appropriate. That's not you losing emotional control. That is appropriate for that situation. So, again, there is this whole spectrum of behaviors. And every one of us need to take personal responsibility for our behaviors, especially if they are negative behaviors. And to look deeper into that, to self-reflect and say, okay, you know, where, where did that come from? And one thing I want to talk to our empaths about is we're really good at doing that, almost a little bit too good, as in we personalize everything. Everything that happens, which is why we're just like a, a dream come true for the narcissists out there. We're very e easy targets. Because they never have to take responsibility for anything because they know that we self-reflect so much, we personalize so much, we blame ourselves so much, oh, that must be us, it must be me, I must be doing something wrong, I'm the one who needs to change. We're very good at that. But again, everything needs to be kept in balance. Everything in moderation. It's not always you. Now, it is, it is good to, when you have an engagement with someone, you have a conflict or whatever, to do a quick self-check. Let's check in. Let's see. Okay, well, was that me? Is there something I could have done different? That's, that's healthy. However, if you take that to an extreme of it actually wasn't you, but you can't see that. 
you did act appropriately, but you can't see that. As in, you don't know what it means. Like, you, you're not really familiar with, with what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. What is okay to do, what is healthy to do, and what is not healthy to do. You're not quite clear on that yet. So I suggest to you that you get clear on, on your boundaries and how it is okay for you to decide how you want to operate within relationship and then to make sure you're in a relationship with someone who who wants those same things if they don't that's okay you just don't want to build a relationship with them because you can't keep a balance they're just not someone you can do that with and that's okay you can love them from a distance but if you're wanting a healthy relationship you have to decide those values for yourself, how you want to be treated. And sometimes those the impasse on that really low end of the scale don't think don't think they deserve anything. Don't don't know that they deserve to be treated like a human being and don't know what that looks like because they've never experienced it. They're just very submissive, very subservient. They're grateful for every drop or ounce or breadcrumb that they're thrown. And that's not loving yourself. That's, that's kind of, you know, you've been taught or you've been told that you don't deserve anything. And I know um, I was brought up in Southern Christian churches and... I mean, I've heard from the pulpit it being said that, you know, we don't deserve anything. We're we're so we're just filthy sinners and we don't deserve anything. And we should be grateful for anything that we get. <laughs> and that type of mentality, in my opinion, in my belief system, is not what God intended for us to feel about ourselves. Would you want your child to think it's a worthless, dirty sinner who deserves nothing? Would you want your child to think that? No, I want my I want my children to know their worth, to know they're worthy, to know they're valuable, to know that they they've been given gifts and and to express those gifts out into the world and to to reach their fullest potential because that's what I played a part in creating them for. I want them to come here and enjoy the experience and reach their fullest potential and to me that's what our creator that's the spark of creation. It wants the best for that creation. So if you've heard that also, that programming also for yourself, just know that sets you up to, to just accept incredible mistreatment. So the, the person on the narcissist end of the scale will take full advantage of that. They'll love that. <laughs> because then they get to act in any way they wish. You don't believe you, you deserve any better. But... I want you to start to play and explore with, especially if you have children. And even if you don't, what would you want for that child? And that's what your creator wants for you. That's what you're here to do. To experience joy. To experience freedom. To experience love. Real, unconditional love. To experience and have all those things. 
that I come that you may have life and life more abundantly. And and to me, life abundantly doesn't necessarily mean material things. It can if that's what makes you feel good, but it's like richness to life, enjoyment. And part of enjoying life is having a partner to walk through life with, if that's what you so wish, that is kind to you, who who mimics and mirrors how you treat others. If you would do anything for another person, and most of you empaths would, you want someone to build a relationship with who would also do that in a healthy way. You have to be careful out there. You're in a physical world. Again, there's lots of people in different behavioral spectrums. And and you want to know who to give that to that won't be... Uh, won't get out of balance and they start taking advantage of that. And to protect yourself from being taken advantage of. To do that, you have to know those behaviors where someone's taking, they're not reciprocating. It's not an equal give and take. They're just taking. And yes, you would do anything for anybody. But when you start to heal all those old wounds of unworthiness and being desperate for love, you, you start to love yourself. And when you start to love yourself, you're not desperate anymore. And you're not yearning for anyone and everyone's approval because you give approval to you, yourself. And then you start to protect yourself. You're not this little child that needs protected anymore. You start doing that for you. You start learning to have a voice and learning to use that appropriately, not in... I, I know one thing that I've I've been experienced lately is I'm I'm coming to that point of finding my voice, but it's still kind of coming out in an uncontrolled way. It's kind of like a a kid learn or a baby learning how to walk. I, I'm still, um, it's coming out as as in I'm losing emotional control when I'm using my voice and and stating my boundaries. So. I'm still working on that. I'm still practicing it, okay? And you might need the practice too. You're not just going to step into this this confident, you know, I can assert my my values and boundaries. If someone's crossing it, I can be assertive and still remain in emotional control because <laughs> it takes practice. If you've never done it before, you're kind of carrying a little fear with you when you do it, and it comes out in a very, you know, overreactive way. But you can learn to tone that down and come in in a very calm but assertive way and state your boundaries. And this is learned, empaths. This is learned. So you're you're moving away from that extreme empath behavior and you're inching your way closer and closer toward that calm, confident, assertive, self-loving, self-respecting individual. That's where we're all coming to in the middle. And those on the narcissist end of the scale, if they're an extreme case, they're probably not capable because of the great level of denial they don't they can't even admit to themselves that they have an issue 
and that they're, they justify their behavior in such an extreme way that it's just fine and there's no problem to fix. No matter who they hurt, it doesn't matter to them as long as they don't get hurt or don't have to feel bad, which most of them do, which is why they pick and provoke, but that's another talk for another day. If they're on that level of extreme, they're probably not going to, it's very hard for them to move toward the middle. But there's a lot of people who are not on the very end of the extreme, but kind of hovering. They have some of those toxic behaviors. I've had them. You know, even though I've also had some the toxic behaviors of the empath, I've, you know, most empaths have engaged with narcissists. And so you pick those things up. And if you come in contact with a uh, someone who... You know, the balance changes with every person you're in contact with. So sometimes you're on the other end of the scale, other end of the seesaw. Someone else is weaker than you are, and you know it. We're always sizing each other up, right? And, and you know you, you've grown stronger than this other person. You know that. And you might take on those toxic behaviors of the narcissist and abuse that power position. It's just... It's possible. We're, we're all fluctuating on this little scale here, depending on who we're in, engaging with and where they fall on the scale. The balance is always shifting. So you're not always the extreme end path in every relationship. With a narcissist, yes, you are. You're the extreme end path. You know, you're just clenching and climbing and struggling and desperate and trying to grab hold of any amount of of power within the relationship, any breadcrumb of feeling like you're on an equal playing field, and they're not going to give you that very often unless they're threatened that you're about to leave. <laughs> so we're all somewhere around there. So you need to look at every relationship. You're more powerful in some relationships than you are in others. Make sure you're not exhibiting any toxic uh, behaviors. One of those toxic behaviors is inconsistent. This falls in the narcissistic toxic behavior. Inconsistent love giving. And I noticed, and I'm not pleased with myself, but I did notice that I was doing this with my stepdaughter. Again, here we are in a relationship. I know I hold the power in that relationship. Even though I, I have you know, some toxic empathic behaviors that I have overcome. Some of them I'm still working on, even though I'm on that extreme. She's a child. Therefore, I'm in a power position in that relationship. Sweetest little girl, you know, but human. She can have an attitude. She can have a bad day. She can be in her emotions. She's a kid. Of course she can. But I've noticed that there's times when you know, I'll realize, okay, I really need to give her time and attention. I really need to do that. And I will pour it on. I mean, we're playing and I'm pretending with her and it's, it's, it's more of an extreme love giving. Okay. And that's, that's one of the narcissistic toxic behaviors is love bombing. I'm going to, because of my guilt, this is coming from guilt of not giving it consistently. I feel like I'm playing catch up so I need to just really pour it on. And so I'm really playing and playing. And then there's days when I'm not in, in the mood or I'm wrapped up in, you know, my own thoughts or whatever and, and more in a selfish mode and don't want to give. And I've noticed like a distant, I'll, I'll be distant 
or cold or just say, go do something or just, you know, just go do this or just go do that. That's inconsistent. <laughs> That's confusing. That's confusing to a person. And so my goal is to bring that into balance and and give it in a consistent way. So maybe set a, a time, whether I'm in the mood or not in the mood, that I give her that that one-on-one time and attention. You know, be consistent with it so that it is not confusing to the person or they feel like, oh, I've done something wrong or, you know, now I'm personalizing it or now I'm like, oh, you know, she used to play with me and now she's kind of ignoring me and kind of cold and I don't, I can't feel that connection and that love from her that I normally feel when she's giving me so much time and attention and I'm confused now. Did I do something wrong? So all those things start going on in a a person's mind and in a child's mind and anybody's mind when there's inconsistent love sharing or by love, time and attention. We can, we call it love, but love is unconditional. And, and love is consistent. Real love is consistent. It's unconditional. I don't care if I'm in the mood for it or not. I'm going to give it to you, and I don't have to give it to you for two hours. I can just, you know, do a consistent, steady drip of love, okay? Like, you ask me for something, I look you in the eyes, and I connect with you in that moment. And, and I show you through my facial expressions that I care for you. That's consistent all through the day. Not one moment, you know, I'm all lovey and the next moment I'm cold and can't even make eye contact with you. I'm shut off emotionally because I'm feeling selfish or moody or whatever it is. So we all, the point trying to make is we all have to watch our behaviors. We all have a tendency for toxic behaviors. No matter how much self-work, I teach this stuff. Like, no matter how much self-work we do, we all need to take responsibility for our behaviors. Look into our behaviors. Am I being balanced and consistent? If I'm exhibiting a negative behavior that then I have to, then I start to feel guilty and shameful about, and then I have to correct with a love bomb, that's out of balance. And that, that's what happens with a lot of, you know, nar- well, a narcissist is kind of in a league of their own if they're on that extreme. But we can all have those power struggle tendencies where when you hold, if you hold the power in a relationship, you need to make sure you're, you're, you're more responsible for creating a balance there. More of the responsibility falls on you because you've got more knowledge You've got more understanding, and more of that responsibility falls on you, okay? To bring in the balance, to help bring them up to a place of feeling confident in knowing they're loved, knowing they're cared for, knowing they're, you know, safe. I'm going to repeat that. Assess every relationship you're in. See who sits on which side within the power okay see who sits on each side there in the middle is where you want to be with every person where you you're bringing it to an equal playing field where everybody feels safe everybody feels loved everybody feels confident everybody feels strong in 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 um 
able to express themselves freely and and share their strengths with the other and be able to be the one in in power when they're stronger in a certain area and then the other person's in power when they're stronger in a certain area. You want to be able to go back and forth, okay? So assess every relationship. See where you stand. Are you are you holding more of the power? Are you on top in this relationship? If so, it's more your responsibility to begin to bring that into this into balance. And with children, you know, you're always working on that with consistent love sharing, okay? You're always working on that, building them up. If you're holding the power in a relationship, you should be building confidence with the other person, helping them step up to an equal playing field so that they can then become a person who knows how to hold balance in relationship. Not, you know, telling them they're stupid or dumb or don't know how to do this or tearing them down in any way. We should be building confidence, building people up, uh, pointing out their strengths, pointing out, praising them, pointing out what they're good at, pulling them in to that balance point, showing them how to hold that balance point, giving, empowering them to hold that balance point. If you are on the weaker end of the, the relationship, maybe you're in a relationship where someone you feel holds the power more of the time, you need to ask yourself, where are you in your confidence level on things? Is there places where you could begin to step into more confidence? And that's going to start a lot with your own internal dialogue, building yourself up. Now, if you're with someone who, who tears you down, you need to step into some strength and have a conversation and say, hey, I want, to be, I want us to be balanced in, on an equal playing field here. And could you not do that? Now, if they can't hear that, or if they laugh it off, or if they maybe apologize, but don't change the behavior, an apology without a behavior change is a manipulation. I heard somebody say that, and that's the best thing I think I've ever heard. An apology without a behavior change is a manipulation. That's just to keep you there while they continue to treat you in that same way, with that same behavior. So if they hear you, and they're willing to work with you, to help you come up into balance, where they, they meet you in the middle, then you got something you can work with. If they, they're not willing to do that, you need to start making plans. You don't have to announce it. That's another talk, something else I want to talk to you about. A lot of times we make the mistake with narcissists. We announce our plans. We announce we're leaving, and what are they going to do? They're just going to love bomb you and confuse you all over again. You don't announce that stuff. You secretly get stronger. You secretly get stronger within yourself and correct all your misunderstandings about what a healthy relationship looks like. That's how you return to balance. And sometimes returning to balance means you have to walk away from that person. And with an extreme narcissist, you definitely do. But you have to do it secretly as you grow stronger and then grow in confidence and move away. I hope this helps. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one.